Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett on this week's show. How good or rather bad is marriage inequality in Ukraine? Uh, plus a very big exclusive. I talk to Avon the Somerset Police who have an apology for you and Peter Tatchell. And we'll also get Peter's reaction to the apology as well. Uh, all that more coming today right here on Shout Out. <laughs> I like That's the scary ideas, ones. Yeah. Why don't we keep the scary ones in all year? Are you on about jingles here? <laughs> yeah. No, presenters. Well, <laughs> well, we, we, we do do that. <laughs> I think the scary ones are here already, Terry. <laughs> so, um, yes. Uh, now, so, serious note, um, I hope you're all weathering through the storm. storm um, okay. I've got friends over in Guernsey, and they've been hit very hard, so yeah. uh, hearts out to you. I hope it... Um, Hope uh, um, the mop up doesn't take too long. So yes, uh, we had quite a lucky escape here in Bristol. Actually, we, we, do, we were supposed we to have, have like 40, 50 mile an hour winds, and it never really. We do have nine snow. lives when it comes to extreme weather. I think it's because the city's in a a valley, and and you know it, it seems to get away with the worst of snow and There's, sleet. Yeah. And I know where ice. all the rain goes in Bristol. Um, for those of you that know Eastern, you'll know the railway arch just outside the studio, which <laughs> yes. always floods whenever That's it rains. That's true. That's a little mini flood. <laughs> yeah. So I drove past Terry when I, w- I was coming in. I'm like, he's, r- he's going the wrong way. Why is he going the wrong way? And then I turned the corner. I'm like, oh, that'd be why. My car's up to my doors in water. <laughs> why didn't you walk through it? Wading through. I don't have my rubber waders on tonight. No, they're at home with Tom Daly. But uh, <laughs> is it his turn? Is it? <laughs> so we're a bit thin uh, on the tonight. No airs. No Andy. No Tara. No airs. No. No. All no busy. Niall. All busy. Yeah. All mopping up after Halloween, perhaps. So, but yes, um, uh, a really, really. Um, kind of important show tonight quite an yes. exclusive this yeah. one it was, uh, we were very flattered that Avon and Somerset Police reached out to um, us to um, announce this one for them and and, yes. and we have to say a huge thank you to Peter Tatchell as well he's not not having the best of times at the moment um, and so you'll hear in the news later on um, and um, he actually took some time out and um, spoke to us about um, how he felt about it great he's always so. been extremely supportive of community radio and, and our project in particular shout out so, yeah. yeah thank you yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's been. Um, it's called Apologise Now. His campaign, isn't it? Yes. Um, where he's basically asked the police to. Uh, he explains it in better detail later on. But basically, he asked um, all the police forces to apologise for, not for um, upholding the law, but for the way they went about it and the way that they. Um, treated LGBT plus people um, o- over the decades. So, um, and I didn't know. So we asked him. Um, apparently, Avon and Somerset Police are the seventh um, to apologise. Yes, I know um, that some others. An apology. Yeah, of um, and, and the only one that's actually put some structure into what they're going to do. So yeah, which we'll hear later when, when we talk to uh, the lovely Vicky. Interesting. Um, yeah. um, which was great. So um, it, it was. It was awful having to edit it we had such a long conversation it was lovely um, but for for, for, for um, the fact that we only have so long in the show I had to edit it down a little bit so um, but yeah we might try and put the whole thing out on the podcast or something later on so great nearly Christmas <laughs> yes well seven weeks 
the I mean I was talking to one of my colleagues that works in retail and of course now that Halloween is out of the way and done with then you really start to ramp up the Christmas yep. Yep, you know stuff in Christmas retail the gallery you... shopping centre and, and this yeah. is, isn't this where you pay what's it wham something or other where, where, Last where, Christmas, you mean, George Michael's? No, it's the name or... of a game, isn't it? Um, oh, is when it? you get whammed for the first time, yeah. Can, can you make it all the way through till, till Christmas Day without hearing that track? That track. Ah. <laughs> so, and of course, the other one is uh, Mariah Carey's um, infamous track, All I Want for Christmas. That's yeah. another one. That's oh. it. Should I put him in next week's show? We're just going to that. I think that'll be, <laughs> that'll be a bit I premature. I think, don't yeah. the station, um, haven't they got an embargo? No, on Christmas songs some radio until stations the 1st of do. December. Some radio stations do, and some radio stations say they won't play any specifically Christmas music, and they're a bit of a Christmas-free zone, which is great. You know that there are so many stations now. That you can, However, you can on the other that. hand, we there do. Are, this there are online stations that play Christmas music all year round. There are. There's Radio yeah. North Pole, Radio Santa Claus, yeah. two of them. And what's more is I've visited their websites in in June and July, and they've still got thousands of listeners. So yeah. a lot of people like Christmas, you know, yeah. all year. <laughs> So, and ask Santa where uh, ask Alexa where Santa is as well. That's a funny one. So uh, anyway, we must move on this because it's a really packed show. So um, um, we're going to talk to Yuri. I believe you spoke to Yuri, didn't oh. you? I did. Um, it's, he's made a, a short film about marriage inequality in Ukraine. Um, they're trying to turn that around, and it is starting to go through the Ukrainian Parliament. Well, everyone's probably aware that uh, Ukraine seems to have dropped out of the news of, of late due to the things that are happening in the Middle East. It's still going on. Ukraine are still fighting back uh, Russia and trying to push them out of their, their lands. But also there's another fight going on within Ukraine, and that's for freedom and equal rights for the LGBTQIA community. Um, I'm joined by Yuri Zvijon. I hope I've pronounced that again. I did practice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, all good. <laughs> Yuri, okay, let's take you back to your childhood growing up. What was it like growing up um, as a, a young gay guy in Ukraine? Hi, uh, and thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure. Um, uh, being gay in Ukraine was obviously not the best uh, thing uh, I can have in my life. But uh, yeah, I I think I realized that I'm gay when I was maybe five or six, and uh, had some uh, let's say first. Uh, kind of like sexual experience when I was maybe in second grade and then after that I had some like fear that uh, my secret can be revealed so probably that fear gave me that uh, push uh, in more older years to be activist and to you know fight for for the equal rights and maybe help other people other youth uh, ukrainians to change their life and don't have this uh, uh, you know um, life as i had because in general it was very bright and 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 uh, happy but uh, this uh, you know secret and that fact that uh, in ukraine we didn't have any uh, f- you know visible um, activists or characters on the tv or anywhere else uh it uh, you know impact my life as well and you know it, it was hard to find this you know um let's say uh light in this uh, dark uh tunnel but uh, anyway i 
moved out to a big city to Kiev when I was 17. And after that, my life changed and I started to live more openly my life. And uh, uh, after like five years ago, I started my video uh, activist activism and uh, that was for one of the biggest legendary ukrainian uh, singer um irina bilik and i did a music video and featured 10 lgbtq people uh there and i was one of that 10 people that's that was my coming out to the whole ukraine it was quite big by that time and uh, yeah that's that, that's how how i started and it's interesting way uh, obviously uh of being activist in ukraine because uh, you don't have this big competition no one talks about this uh, much and uh, i think uh, i started to talk about this only because i had my uh uh previous relationship and uh, the boyfriend was from San Francisco so when I was 22 I moved out to San Francisco for some time and that gave me this uh, courage and uh, inspiration uh, and then I bring uh, I brought this uh, inspiration to Ukraine and it's uh, doing very well uh, after let's say five uh, six years uh, the, the activism in, in Ukraine is growing up uh, and many other people also uh, uh, inspiring uh, other people and uh, we have like very big and visible community and doing this f f films videos projects and trying to be uh, to be visible to the whole world as well like most european countries do you find that large cities like kiev and um say lviv are much more open to the queer community than out in the country uh, yes, I think uh, Kiev, uh, Kharkiv, uh, Lviv also, uh, but it's more um, Catholic uh, and uh, uh, Orthodox uh, religion uh, area and people are very uh, religious there and uh, like in Poland, for example, and they uh, believe in God and think that it's a sin. So, uh, uh, despite its big city, but but still they have this all uh, problems. But uh, yeah, uh, it's much easier for gay people to live in in big cities. But we're trying to impact uh, small cities as well. <laughs> now Zelensky, when you listen to some of his comments, he got quite angry at somebody who was be being quite LGBT anti LGBTQIA, and he said, "Leave the LGBTQ community alone." So do you think there's a positive note from Zelensky about the future route that um, Ukraine is going to take, especially if it's going to align its laws with the European Union? I know that his team and he himself is very um, supportive to LGBTQ people because like uh, before his president's career, he was uh, uh, even like making uh, parody of uh, one uh, quite legendary Ukrainian dance uh, band, like music dance band Kazaki, uh, and he did a parody and he danced on high heels in like leggings and uh, uh, was very feminine. So like how this person can be against uh, gay people, I, I don't have this uh, uh, picture in my mind. Plus what uh, what I hear from his team or people who work work with him, he's supportive, and uh, we have uh, good news 
from our um, government. Uh, the bill uh, about um, civil partnerships now going through uh, some committees and uh, the fourth committee like uh, from uh, from our government supported this and it was like quite big uh, news yesterday uh about it and uh yeah so we have this hope that very soon ukrainian government will vote for civil partnerships they don't have anything against this and obviously it's uh it's a big step toward the european uh, values and you know to european union and uh, as many uh, ukrainians wants to be part of eu um uh, I think it will really help help us to to get to, to this point with this bill as well. The film you made, Marriage Inequality in Ukraine. Now, just must emphasize the fact that uh, the word the "in" bit is bracketed, so in yes. equality, and it's so well made, Yuri. Really well. Thank you. What gave you the idea and the impetus to to start that project? I don't know. I think maybe London Air gave me this idea. <laughs> I was walking uh, on the street last year after we premiered uh, our Pride is Not Available in a Region. It's another uh, short video I recommend you to watch. It's maybe some people say that it's power, more powerful than this one, but uh, we did this video with the same team uh, and we presented this uh, last year on uh, Pride in London and uh, Brighton in Pride, uh, this video. And after that, uh, let's say success, uh, I thought that uh, I need to make something something else about Ukraine and our queer community. And uh, this uh, bill uh, and this topic about civil partnerships just started uh, in Ukraine uh, uh, by that time. And I you know, f found this idea and been working for the last year uh, on it. It's it's quite hard, you know, to to find money to make it uh, in Ukraine. So uh, we found money more outside. Uh, we uh, we uh, work together with Hornet uh, dating app. Uh, they they funded uh, some part of the budget and also with EU and the National Democratic Institute. So uh, it was quite long way to reach out all of them and prove that we can make it and it will be very big, uh, at least in Ukraine. Uh, but we did it. And um, yeah, I think this is my main project for this year. And I'm really happy that I finally did it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the idea was to uh, involve real couples and real uh, uh, LGBTQ and heterosexual, so uh, they they could tell like real stories and opinions. So they 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 are not actors, let's say that they they are real people with real stories, and that uh, that was quite interesting combination because usually you can just casting as much uh, as you want uh, different people on different roles, but in this way we didn't have like much options but the people who reach out to us were very interesting and had very strong stories so um, i think it was like made some some somewhere from um some i don't know um not god but like some uh, some energy was in in in, in the air and so we got this luck to to make everything um, I think the video sh showed it and demonstrated it quite well because you reverse things, don't you? you yes, yes. The heterosexual legal standing and and the gay legal standing. And that, that was quite good to see. 
Yeah, it's quite typical, um, you know, a way to talk about things. But I think in Ukraine it works well. Like uh, I don't know how in how UK people can react on this because obviously you have this right for more than ten years. But uh, in Ukraine we're still like fresh to to this topic, and I think it really helps to illustrate this struggle for gay couples, and it works. Uh, we 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 see the. Uh, numbers of uh, viewings the, the short video the scripted part video already uh, watched uh, uh, for maybe like more than half a million and five thousand hundred uh, views uh, on Instagram and uh, more than one hundred thousand views on YouTube going on to the future obviously it's quite exciting to see that finished project and others that you've done um you've got any plans that you can actually share with us that's not top secret oh i have i have a, a big plan um going next um, week to kazakhstan uh we're starting a new documentary project about uh, middle-aged queer uh ukrainians and not only ukrainians uh so like three different stories of different people who were born and uh, formed in U USSR and uh, we have uh, first urgent uh, love story with two uh, woman, uh, women uh, from uh, one is from a um, small city in the middle uh, in Asia in, in Kazakhstan and the other one is from Bakhmut. It's the most bombarded and damaged city in Ukraine, unfortunately. Uh, so very strong and powerful love story about uh, online, but they finally will see each other and uh, start their life uh, in, uh, in, in real life. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to film this and very excited about this. And uh, we have some international support, but also we'll ask for some support from from outside. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a big uh, project for the next year uh and uh one of uh, let's say projects but uh this one and uh, i'm also working on uh, hiv stigma campaign in ukraine with uh five big uh, very big celebrities in uh, in ukraine so that's the next project for the first of december this year and uh yeah and uh, we're doing uh uh, we're working now on TV drama, six episodes uh, uh, about uh, queer, rave, uh, youth, uh, people and war. So uh, many projects, <laughs> many plans. <laughs> You're going to be Just, very, very busy, Yuri. <laughs> yeah, I will be. But, you know, it's all, I think my mission now is to help uh, Ukraine in this way to also fight for for equality and for for uh like uh, that's my kind of war or like my uh, way to help uh, my country because i don't know how to fight on the front line but i know how how to you know f fight for attention uh from uh, other like media to Ukraine because obviously now it's it's very hard to tell about Ukraine's uh, at this time uh, and uh, yeah we're trying to find these new ways uh. right so people can follow you and be able to watch your YouTube channels and catch up and keep pace with everything you're doing Yuri 
what um, thank you how can people do that on um on twitter or, or now x and and thank you thank yeah. you uh they can follow me on instagram uh d v i z h o n simple <laughs> thank you yuri for joining us on shout out and good luck with the your future projects thank you so much for your time and yeah for this uh, morning motivation <laughs> thank you shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast that's lovely brandy carlisle and uh, this time tomorrow and if you're a um, Netflix fan um, that is uh, from the final episode of Sex Education that one it's a lovely song isn't it it is yeah well funnily enough Sex Education is a topic in tonight's news oh is it oh right as in the show or just the topic in fact the, tell you what the topic should we find out <laughs> why not This is Shoutout News. Welcome along. The communist daily newspaper, The Morning Star, reports that educational trade unions and teachers' organisations have hit back at remarks by the Conservative MP and Education Secretary, Gillian Keegan, which implied that schools should have to pander to the more bigoted parents in teaching sex education. The Association of School and College Leaders and the National Association of Head Teachers said that they believe that the vast majority of schools already share RSHE materials with parents. School leaders General Secretary Jeff Barton and Head Teachers General Secretary Paul Whiteman have asked Miss Keegan to think more carefully about the impact of her future statements. They said, this sort of thing undermines public institutions. It feeds a breakdown of trust that is corrosive, and we need political leaders to be encouraging parents to support schools rather than making that relationship more difficult. The activist group Dyke Project has been intervening in the ongoing community discussions about how best LGBTQIA plus people can show solidarity with gay, trans, lesbian and non-binary Palestinian people during the current war between Israel and the Hamas-controlled Gaza Strip. The group, which was initially founded to prove to separatist lesbian talking heads Julie Bindle and Kathleen Stock that feminist attacks on transgender people were not representative of the lesbian population, has been intervening in other political debates, according to the Independent newspaper. Like the gay human rights activist Peter Tatchell, the Dyke Project have charted a course independent of either wholehearted support for Israel or of unqualified support for the Palestinian territories. Instead, and showing maturity and nuance in a highly emotive debate, the Dyke Project have installed some unofficial posters on London tube trains, and they said, quote, We replaced advertisements with stories from queer Palestinians and a call for the end to the occupation. One gay woman on the former Twitter site said, Now the sillier left groups who think that everything Hamas does is great will hate it, and Christian Zionists who think everything the Israeli state does is great will hate it even more. In other words, it's a direct action much needed. 
Forestry England, which cares for more land and trees than any other organisation in the country, speaks to the Metro newspaper this week with good advice for many people, including the many eco-conscious LGBTQ plus people who are looking for environmentally ways, friendly ways, sorry, to dispose of their pumpkins once the holiday is out of the way. Kate Woolen, Assistant Ecologist for Forestry England, says we see many posts on social media encouraging people to leave pumpkins in the woods for wildlife to eat, but Please do not do this. Pumpkins are not natural to the woodland, and while some wildlife may enjoy a tasty snack, it can make others, such as hedgehogs, very poorly. Feeding pumpkins or any other food in the forest to birds, foxes, badgers, deer and boar can make them unwell and can spread disease. She went on, There are loads of great ways to use your pumpkin after Halloween at home, and my favourites are to use the flesh to make a hearty autumn soup or to add to my compost. They are 90% water, so are a great composting material, adding a great source of nitrogen and moisture to the compost bin each year. LGBTQIA people into eco-conscious beauty can make a pumpkin face mask, courtesy of a recipe from the beauty magazine MYLA. And you can also create a delightful autumn bird feeder for your garden or donate the remaining pumpkins to zoos, animal shelters, farms or community gardens. They'll be grateful for the compost material or animal snacks. You can visit the Forestry England website for the full list of ideas. And finally tonight, it is with great sadness that we hear of the passing of the activist Andrew Lumsden at the age of 82. Andrew was a huge activist for LGBTQIA civil rights, helping to organise the first London Pride, and he was a founding member of the Gay Liberation Front, as well as the grandmother of gay publishing, Gay News, in 1972. His friend and ally Peter Tatchell had this to say about Andrew. Andrew Lumsden was one of the great pioneers of the modern LGBT plus movement in Britain. Uh, from the 1960s, he was campaigning for, first of all, the decriminalization of homosexuality, but also a much wider, broader agenda about LGBT plus human rights. Um, he was one of the pioneers of the Gay Liberation Front uh, in the early 1970s. Um, he helped organize and participate in the first ever Pride in Britain, which took place in London in July 1972. And he was a key mover in the foundation of Gay News, uh, the first ever LGBT plus community newspaper. Um, ever since the 60s, he's been involved in almost every single um, human rights campaign for our community. Um, yeah, it's more than five decades of commitment. And he was campaigning right up to his death just a couple of days ago at the age of 82. Uh, for me, he was a friend, a comrade and a hero of our community. For these news stories and many more, do check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt and do keep tuned to community radio services throughout the week for information and entertainment for your community. For Shout Out News, this has been Terry Starr. Shout Out News, national and international LGBT news for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that's Summer by uh, a local artist called Carenza. This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Counselor. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout out. LGBT radio for you.
So a very warm welcome to shout out to Chief Inspector Vicky Hayward Nealon. A uh, very warm welcome to you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Uh, it's lovely. It's a bit of a monumentous occasion, isn't it? Um, for, for want of a better phrase, um, we'll, we'll come to the hows and the whys and the um, what it means um, in a minute. But we got a letter from um, uh, your your boss, uh, Sarah Cruz, your chief constable, isn't she? Um, she is. Would you be so kind as to give it a read for us? It's dated today, first of November, twenty twenty three, and it reads as follows: Dear Peter. I am writing in response to your Apologise Now campaign and your request for British police forces to apologise for their role in the historic over-policing of LGBT plus people and communities. I acknowledge the important work you are continuing to do to advance LGBT plus rights and to safeguard those who have historically not received fair or just treatment from the institutions which are here to keep us all safe. I want to start with an apology. I am sorry for the over-policing and the under-protection that LGBT plus people have suffered in Avon and Somerset in the past. The police enforce the law, but some of the laws we enforced in the past were discriminatory, and our role in this has undoubtedly led to significant hurt, pain and anger, which has damaged our relationship with LGBT plus people and reduced their trust and confidence in us. I hope that by acknowledging the hurt we have caused in the past, we can start to rebuild our relationship with the LGBT plus communities in Avon and Somerset. We are not the same police service that we were in the 70s, 80s or even 90s. In Avon and Somerset, we have an ambition to be the most inclusive police service in the country. And I take my responsibility to police legitimately and by consent very seriously. We are currently developing a plan to help rebuild the trust and confidence of LGBT plus people and communities so that they feel empowered to report crime. We are keen to increase the reporting of hate crime, domestic abuse and sexual assault, which we believe LGBT plus people currently underreport to us. These crimes have devastating impact on individuals, families and communities, and it is vital people have the confidence to come forward and seek help from the police when they occur. We are developing our plan in partnership with Avon and Somerset Police's LGBT plus staff association, which will include going out to consult on uh, going out to consult and seek feedback from our local LGBT stakeholders. Actions we are taking um, actions we are taking and considering include establishing better relations and mechanisms to build links with LGBT plus communities and open forums for issues to be raised and addressed. The development of a network of diversity advisors, including people with lived experience of LGBT plus issues, to support staff and officers and advise on investigations when a lens of lived experience would be beneficial. The development of increased quality and visibility of data to help us understand levels of hate crime against staff and officers where LGBT plus is an aggravating factor our prosecution rates for LGBT plus hate crime, reporting rates, victim satisfaction rates, and any disproportionality in our internal processes and policies. Reviewing hate crime training for new officers to ensure that all aggravating factors are included. Ensuring the learning from the Stephen Port case has been absorbed and embedded in our CID and investigations teams. These are just some of the measures we are taking to repair and strengthen our relationship with members of our community who identify as LGBT+. We aim to hold the first 
of a series of community engagement events in February 2024, where we would consult on our plan to ensure LGBT plus voices are at its centre. Thank you for your challenge to me and my peers to own the mistakes of our past and to strive for a more inclusive and fairer policing service. I look forward to working with you as we progress this. Yours sincerely, Chief Constable Sarah Crew. Well, there you go. Bit of a monumental little letter, that one. Um, I mean, I can't speak for our whole community. I can speak for myself when I say it's very nice to see um, something like that. Um, as um, as someone who is LGBT plus and working in the force, what, what does that mean to yourself? So that's a huge step for me in an organisation where I feel uh, very comfortable and confident in being who I am and bringing my true self to work. And the the values and the and the feelings that I have and live and breathe as part of Avon and Somerset Police. Um, I am really proud now to see that we have acknowledged previous hurt and made a commitment to building on that and improving and rebuilding our relationship with communities, of which I am a member. So, uh, truthfully, it makes me very proud today with work to do. Would you understand if I said I think it's just a stepping stone, the, the first one? Do you think it's going to take a while? What, what will follow on from this? This will, like you say, and rightly so, this is a stepping stone. We have um, we have work to do. We have a lot of work to do, both internally and externally, simultaneously. Um, and our chief uh, was the first in England and Wales to declare that Avon and Somerset are institutionally racist. She set us on a path of truth and reconciliation and, uh, and acknowledging past and current wrongs and inequality in a way that we can now build and work with communities. And I see this in a very, very similar vein. Um, we are not shying away from the task that is ahead of us. We are not shying away from having those honest conversations, both internally and externally with partners and our communities. So it's it's a commitment. And that's the bit that I think is the turning point and is different, is this, this very clear commitment to that change and some of the things that we are intending to do. And it's not an exhaustive list and it will grow as we have those stakeholder engagement events so that people can tell us what they want as well because part of that is actually starting those conversations again with people who historically um, and and more recently don't feel like they can talk to police for all the reasons that that we know and we've seen in that letter and, and beyond so it's now giving us that momentum and that mandate now to make those changes and be that police service that everybody can access and outstanding policing for all listen um vicky chief inspector it's been brilliant talking to you i really hope this is um a stepping stone and and even more so it would be brilliant if we see over the somerset police being the one that lead the way um with the rest of them across um the uk as well i think it's a brilliant um brilliant letter um we'll be talking to peter tatchell as well about it It'd be great to get his views on it um and hopefully we can arrange it so we come and perhaps are part of your event in in february so we can get it out to those who listen that can't make it too it'd be brilliant if we could do that um but for now um a big thank you to um vicky hayward uh Meelan, um chief inspector at um avon somerset police thank you so much now, in response to the letter that we've had, we're very kindly joined by the man himself, um, Peter Tatshaw. Very welcome back to Shout Out. It's lovely to have you back on the show again. Can you give us a little bit of info behind this Apologise Now campaign that is uh, what Avon Somerset Police have responded to? So the Apologise Now campaign was set up by my Peter Tatshaw Foundation earlier this year. 
with the backing and support of the late comedian entertainer Paul O'Grady, who himself had been a victim of police raids and harassment. So we were simply trying to get chief constables around the country to say sorry for their past persecution of our community. We weren't asking them to apologise for enforcing the law because that was not them, it was Parliament. But we were asking for an apology for the often zealous, homophobic and abusive way in which the law was enforced. So, for example, you know, raiding private birthday parties, abusing LGBTs as poofs, queers, lesos, dykes, um, really, really bad stuff, you know. And in cases where gay and bisexual men were arrested, often giving the arrested men's details, including their home addresses to local papers who published it. And as a result, those men had attacks upon their homes and were physically assaulted. So there are lots and lots of reasons why the police should apologize. And we are incredibly grateful that the chief constable of Avon and Somerset, Sarah Crew, has given such a forthright unqualified apology, recognizing the mistakes and the bad practices by the police in the past. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about it personally as, as a gay man myself. I, I read it and was very pleasantly surprised, I think, to, to see such an acknowledgement and such an open admission of um, the wrongdoings of the past and an embracing of what needs to be done for the future. Uh, before I ask about that, are they the first to respond? Have any of the other forces in the country responded yet? No, Avon and Somerset is the seventh police service in the country to say sorry. Um, there was the Metropolitan and City of London commissioners and then the Chief Constables of Sussex, South Yorkshire, Lincolnshire and Cambridgeshire. So, um, Avon and Somerset is the lucky seven. Nice, nice, nice number, though. So, now when, when we spoke to them, we did talk to them about this just being a stepping stone um, and like a first foot on the path to, um, you know, getting things better. We've had Avon and Somerset on the show before, um, and we've heard this kind of thing many years ago. I mean, shout out's 14 years old. And we seem to have gone backwards a bit. And when we spoke to them about it, they were like, you know, we need this to be a stepping stone to go forward. Is that your impression too? Yeah, I think we always envisage the apology as a, as a first step to draw a line under the past, to rebuild the trust and confidence of the LGBT plus community in the police, to ensure closer collaboration, to help tackle um, the crimes that affect us, you know, hate crimes, uh, violence, discrimination, um, domestic violence, sexual assaults. Um, these are all issues where the LGBT plus community engages with the police and in the past has often not been very good. Um, what is great about this apology is that it is not just an apology, but includes a series of proposals about moving forward, positive, 